Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. The Apostle Paul ends his letter to the Philippians here in chapter 4 with a series of practical commands. You'll see that. They're, they're, they're in the imperative. And he's trying to help them to grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, just for a little bit of context, because we're just jumping in to chapter 4, these believers at Philippi were experiencing persecution. You can see that from chapter 1. They were experiencing financial hardship. We know that from 2 Corinthians 8. They were experiencing fractured relationships. We see that in the book itself. There was disunity in the context of their relationships. And in addition to all of this, as we see from the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul, their spiritual father, was actually in prison. And they were feeling very much uh, out of control, overwhelmed. And it's interesting, isn't it, that this book of the Bible, Philippians, which is known as the book of joy, it's all about joy, and yet the circumstances are very difficult. With a pastor's heart, Paul tells these believers how to deal with life that is out of control, with stress, and how they can allow the peace of Christ to truly rule in their hearts, even on this roller coaster ride of life. And he's going to tell them, we take hold of God's peace in Jesus Christ through four things. Looking up in faith to the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord. Then he's going to talk about there, you'll notice, reaching out in, uh, to others in love. And then he's going to talk about lifting up our burdens in prayer. And then he's going to talk about drinking in the word of God. And these four ways are ways that we engage with God's peace in his son and experience. So let's look at these. The first thing he says to them is keep looking up in faith. Notice verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And he says, essentially, the only way these Christians would find peace and joy in their situation is that they focus on God, look up and look to the Lord, look to Jesus, rather than on their circumstances. The key to their lives is not where they are, but who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're totally, utterly secure in Jesus Christ. And they have a life that is, 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 is stable and secure. It cannot be taken from them. Nothing can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. So if we anchor there, we can rejoice. So when we focus on the Lord, not on everything else, that's where the joy is found. Notice here, the Lord doesn't change, everything else does. That's why he says rejoice always. How can he possibly say rejoice always? Because it's rejoicing in the Lord, and in the Lord you can rejoice always. Paul isn't saying here, just be positive, you know. Suck it up, buttercup. You know, be a glass half full kind of person, not a glass half empty kind of person. That's not the point that Paul's making here. Just rejoice and be optimistic. No. He's saying choose a faith perspective that understands that our confidence is not in this fleeting, fragile, and fractured gift of life. This life. It's in Jesus and that is an anchor to your soul that you can rejoice in every day on the roller coaster of the ups, the downs, and the all-arounds, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. You have Jesus. 
You have what Jesus has done. You have what Jesus is doing. You have what Jesus will do, right? You have all of that as your treasure in him, and so you can rejoice. And here's the cool part, that God won't waste anything in my life. He'll use it all to give me the greatest good of being more like Jesus. That's what Romans 8.28 says. Some people misunderstand. Romans 8.28 doesn't say that all things are good. It says that God causes all things for good to those who love him, to those who trust him and look to him. He can convert even the evil parts of a fallen world to our good, to, to shape the likeness of Jesus in our lives. There's a second way to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and live well. Paul says, keep reaching out in love. Notice verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In other words, the way to find peace, don't focus on the peace itself. Focus on doing the will of God, especially, Paul says, in loving others. Now, this word gentleness, we can sometimes misunderstand it. In the New American Standard Bible version, helps us to kind of drill down on what Paul is getting at here. It's just not, it's not looking for just a soft, kind person. That's not the point. The New American Standard translates this, let your forbearing spirit be known to all people, to all men. In other words, what Paul's talking about is a gentleness in the face of a hostile world. In other words, be, be humble, be kind, be gentle, be patient in the midst of a world that's often aggressive and in your face and hurting others and selfish. And in the midst of your hurts, don't react and retaliate, but be gentle in your response. Which is so unnatural and unusual. Don't choose your rights. Don't react in retaliation when others hurt you. But commit yourself to God and to being like Christ who responded in the face of such with gentleness and forgiveness and with selflessness. One of the most frequent causes of stress and anxiety in our lives, I think you would agree, comes from the people in our lives who hurt us. Is that not true? It brings great stress and hurt and anxiety and when you've been hurt, when trust has been breached, when someone has been selfish and hurt you, and it's tempting to sort of, you know what, I'm just going to do what they've done to me, and I'm going to feed the cycle of hurt and selfishness in this crazy world by reacting in the identical way that I have been treated. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not, that's not what a follower of Christ is to do. Do something that's so unnatural and eternal and supernatural. It's like Jesus. Draw on the strength of Jesus and respond. Don't react. And do it in such a way that you bless those who hurt you. Wow. And is the world going to take note of that? It sure will. The truth is, friends, we can't change the world. But our greatest opportunity to make impact and influence is to live the distinctive Christ-like life where by God's grace, we are different than that which is natural. We are not self-centered. 
We are not reacting and angry and hostile and trying to get our own justice. But rather we entrust ourselves to God and say, God, I get it. I'm not the general manager of the universe. I'm not the final assessor here. The Lord is near. And I can take comfort because the Lord is near that he'll have the final word. And I don't have to be judge and jury. I don't have to do God's job. I'm not equipped. I don't have capacity to do that. He does, but I don't. So I'm going to let God be God in this situation. Like I know everything there is to know about COVID. (laughs) Come to me and I'll tell you that I know where you're wrong, you're wrong, and you're wrong. And we're running around acting like we know it all. And the fact is that COVID should have proved, it's one thing, it should have proved how big we are. This is how much we know. This is how big we are. A little unseen virus has humbled the world. And sometimes we as Christians are around, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you're doing it wrong, and you're doing it wrong. And you're, can we leave some of this to God? And get our eyes off COVID and back on Jesus. Because he's the only reliable, sure thing. Five years from now, we're going to look back, folks, and we're going to go, jeez, I got this right about COVID. I got this wrong about COVID. I did this, you know, and we're, we're, everybody's learning here and making best guesses. That's about what's happening. Even the experts will tell you that. We're doing the best we can, but we don't know because the thing is a changing process and it's all hard. But I'm saddened. I'm saddened under COVID when Christians become final assessors of each other. May God forgive us and let God be God of this. Be a tool of peace. Be, Be this one who is a diffuser and a peacemaker rather than an escalator. Right? Follow Jesus down into humble service and sacrifice. You remember what Jesus did when he hung on the cross? He didn't cry out, unjust, 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 and being unjustly murdered. He said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. May we be like him. And Paul gives a third challenge here that will help us assess God's peace and joy in Christ. He says that we need to keep lifting up in prayer. Notice this in verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Not only look up in the struggles of life and reach out in love in the face of hurts, but we need to lift up our burdens to a God who's more than able to handle what you and I can't handle. That's just the point. Because when you feel anxious is when you feel out of control, right? When you feel overwhelmed and say, like, I can't, I can't, I'm too small, I'm too little, I'm not, I don't have enough strength and power to deal with this issue. That's the best place to be as a follower of Christ. Now you can rely on the greatness and the sovereignty and the goodness of your God. And so Paul is saying, convert your anxiety into prayer, and it will result in his peace. 
in your life. Friends, when we worry, we betray our lack of confidence in the reality of God's protection and provision. But the discipline of prayer reveals the opposite. In our world, people try different things, do they not? To try and cope with the stress of this life and world. They try distracting themselves, amusing themselves to death, right? I don't want to think about the burdens, the struggles of life, so I just amuse myself, distract myself. I try different substances to numb the pain, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography or you name it. There's just all these addictive substances or food. We can do it with pretty much any of God's gifts. We can become addicted to these things. And then, of course, there's... there's also obsessive behaviors, patterns. There's different ways we try to numb the reality of our pain in our lives. And God wants us to not do those things, but turn to a healthy way of dealing with this beautiful but broken world. He says there's no way you're going to find peace and fulfillment turning to a pill, turning to a bottle, turning to lust, turning to abusing the people around you, to consuming stuff, to amusing yourselves through religious rituals. Some people use religion as a coping mechanism. And Paul's saying, no, none of that works. A genuine, intimate, profound relationship of reliance and dependency on God through prayer is the way to unlock the peace of God in His Son. We do that releasing the cares of this life to Him, saying, God, I get it, I get it, I have no right to a certain mix of circumstances. You don't owe me anything, God. The only thing that really you could give me is justice, but you don't do that. that. You give me life, breath, and everything else, and on top of that, you give me Jesus. We have the assurance, too, That God is big enough, wise enough, powerful enough. And he knows what we can handle and what we can't. You know what the great thing in prayer is? Every time I pray and give something that's overwhelming in my life to God, here's what I can be assured. He will either reveal his glory by changing the circumstance, or he will reveal his glory by changing me to handle the circumstance. I can be assured that he will answer the prayer. He'll either suspend through a miracle or through providence, the circumstances. He'll use different ways to do that, uh, reveal his glory and good toward me that way. But he'll also change me to handle the circumstance. Now let me ask you, what is the greater revelation of his goodness and greatness? Have you thought of that? The suspension of the circumstance is actually the lesson. Because the circumstance changing is going to be temporary. Paul gives us one final way to deal with the vulnerability and the instability of life. He says we must keep drinking in the word. Look what he says, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The point he's making here is we must focus ourselves on God's truth, on God's word and who he is through his son. 
replace our diet of pop and junk food of the culture, of the thinking of our culture, and put in there the milk of his word, the meat of his truth, of his word. That's your sermon theme. Slow down and be with God. Be with Jesus. It's pretty hard, isn't it? Because the Western world is kind of like harried. You've got you to change your outcomes. You've got to have goals. You've got to accomplish. You've got to get there. You gotta, you're here at A, but you've got to get to B. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do social media. You've got to see how you're doing next to everybody else, how amazing everybody's doing. And if you, you know, compare and how you look next to them, like, it's crazy. So slow down. Say, God, help me to fill and be shaped by your thinking, your truth. And Paul gives this list of virtues here that we're to stop and reflect on. You know, one of the things that's happening, again, under COVID is there's a lot of people pouring over social media, and it's not, it's not healthy because there's a lot of stuff going on social media right now. We're seeing all the terrible ways social media can be used to tear people down. God, help us to look to you through your word, to see Jesus more beautifully portrayed, and understand this is where our peace is. I need more time with Jesus, with you, God, with your word and prayer. I need more time of that, less time on media. Feeding upon you, God. And if I do, you say you, we will possess a deep-seated rest. And peace from you, and the peace of God will be with you. This could, by, by the way, ju just as easily be a description of Christ here. Notice those words, true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. That's who Jesus is. And actually, if you watch and carefully go through your word, you'll see it's all pointing us back to Jesus Christ. Right? The fruits of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, are really a description of Jesus Christ. Joy, gentleness, acceptance. You know, many people assume that anxiety is the result of too much thinking. But in reality, it is the result of too little thinking in the right direction. Where's your thinking right now? What are you feeding there? Do you need to slow down and just take more time to be with God. Maybe you need to take a social media fast. Get off that altogether for a while. Don't, don't mistake in what I'm saying here. I think social media can be very redemptive, very good, and be used for a good purpose. But I've seen a lot of terrible use of social media. It's not a place to work out the issues of COVID. I can assure you of that. It's never meant to be used for that, and yet it is being used for that. God, help us to get our minds and our hearts filled with who you are in your son through your word. Through your word. By devouring that, by drinking that in. I think we've all felt to some degree overwhelmed these last 15 months. At least we've had moments where we felt that way. 
We don't know exactly what the future holds. And some of you are in various circumstances of your life where you just say, man, the waves are coming over me and I feel like I'm drowning. I got this thing going on in my marriage. I got this thing going on in my job. I got this thing in my health. I've got this thing with my kids. I've got this, and it's just, just like I feel like I'm drowning. Anxiety, restlessness, even hopelessness. And the way God wants us to deal with these common human experiences that we all have is very different than the way the world deals with it. God wants us to give us this deep-seated, as Jesus said, I want to give you my peace. Not as the world gives. A peace that can't be touched by the roller coaster ride. And we experience this peace, Paul says, by looking up in faith, reaching out in love, lifting up in prayer, and drinking in the word of God. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no